Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tense. Starring the tense. Start. The. Uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. Ha-ha. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right. Back to uh, the home episodes. Uh. I don't know, I start this intro to every time different, but tonight's kind of a stranger episode of the home episodes. Cobb's with me, of course. Cobb, say what's up. Give a little noise out there. The protest is out, fr- out front of his building right now. What's up, everybody? Um, yeah, the Black Lives Matter protest is literally marching in front of my building right now. A um, couple thousand people, probably. Ted and I live a couple blocks from each other. Just want to say what's up. Welcome to the podcast. We got an MC I'm the producer over there chilling on the east side. Everything's quiet. It sure is, Ted. <laughs> so, real quick, for people that don't know, like, Kyle and I live on Capitol Hill, a couple blocks apart. But, I mean, like, it is, it is wild, man. Like, every night there's, like, helicopters, and then the last two nights there's been concussion grenades. Uh, like, I don't know. Like, same thing. Protests bombs. Yeah. Cobb, have you noticed the difference in the vehicles? Sound wise, the police vehicles, yeah. Oh, yeah, like I can Dude, tell they the have an MRAP, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was gonna yeah, say, they have like, an MRAP. I saw the SWAT team vehicle up here, yeah. You can hear the little buses, you can hear you can tell the difference between two motorcycle cops and six of them. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, 100%, man, 100%. Yeah, it's real out here, man. It is very real, yeah. I don't think helicopters are super cool anymore, but with that said. <laughs> Every news channel, please keep your helicopters out because once the lights go out and they stop filming, that's generally when people get gassed. Yeah, seriously. That's, yeah, 100%. Cobb, have you done anything different living up there now? Um, I mean, well, I'll say this. I am... Okay, what I would say is that as far as the protests go, I'm very happy they're happening. Um, I think that that video was horrific, and it's really sad, um, and it's highlighted a systemic problem in this country. But as far as for what I've done different, that was enough to make me pissed off, but I hadn't really – I've been to one of the marches, but I wasn't really that motivated. But now my neighbor downstairs posted a photo on Reddit, and uh, he had a giant – um, bruise that's probably the size of, oh man, I don't even know, a dinner plate on his side. He got hit by a, um, uh, some sort of a beanbag or canister last night, and the bruise is huge. And so now, you know, I'm always against police brutality, and I'm against police using violent aggression against us, especially since we're the ones funding this damn thing. So now I'm starting to get more heated because that's our money, and I think it should be going to schools. Um, you know, the police are like four times the budget of schools in Seattle. So, you know, Ted, the only thing I've really done different is I try to keep my scooter um, off of the main street and um, I give protesters props when they're going by. I mean, I'm, I'm really starting to move towards supporting this movement as much as I can. How about you? Yeah. So, uh, and I think part of it is just cause I'm on the ground floor. Right. So it's a little bit different, but like, uh, like I say, like I buy a case of water every day, make sure I can help out people. Sometimes they, the protesters come back up the hill later at night and they're just sucking wind. 
And then, uh, you know, I just sit out there, try to keep an eye on like movements and stuff. But, you know, most of the supporters are, or most of the supporters, Jesus, most of the uh, protesters are super cool. I got yelled at by a white guy. Well, that was it. For what? What? He felt I was doing something wrong for wearing my schmuck, wearing my scarf. Huh. Huh. Yeah, super weird. And then the only, like, yeah, so that, you know. And for people who don't know, it's an Israeli special forces garment, the Ted Rocks. Yeah, and you've seen them all throughout, like, you know, anywhere that people live in the sand, like, or desert. Like, there's a bunch of people wearing them. You could tie them up different ways. But yeah, like, the other night, man, like, it was, like, midnight, Monday night. They were coming back up, all the way up Denny from the Needle. I was watching the live feed at the Needle, and they were like, there's no cops down here. It's weird. So by the time they got to my block, I was like, yo, they're all up there at Cal Anderson. Like, be careful. They're like, you think it's a trap? I was like, look, it's your call. I'm just telling you where they are. And then uh, yeah, some girls like, you got water? And I hadn't started buying water yet. And I was like, I don't. I was like, I got a Gatorade. I had a fresh Gatorade, tossed it to her. And she was just like, oh, my God, it's cold. And that was like a small victory. You could tell she was like, <laughs> really thirsty. And I was like, thank you. Dude, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, if I can't be out in the streets every night because I have work and stuff, like, not that that's an excuse, but just doing the little things to support. Like, every day I feel like it's pushing me a little bit more towards taking action and getting involved. And I feel like I thought it was going to die on Sunday because people had work on Monday. No, man, it's only getting stronger, at least in Seattle and Portland. I've been watching the live feeds. So this thing could – we could be in for a, a long haul with this guy. Yeah, and every night they gas or shoot rubber bullets, it just brings out more people. Which I think is awesome. That's great. That's yeah. what it should be. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's a constant noise. <laughs> well, and it's a complex issue. You know, like I can hear in your voice that there's like a little bit of consternation because it's also really tough for police officers. And frankly, when I walked with the march up the hill, I thought the uh, Seattle PD did a great job. You know, they were pretty chill. They communicated what they were going to do. And they were like, you know, they've blocked off their two precincts, um, the actual like police headquarters to make sure people don't set them on fire. But, you know, most of downtown is cordoned off for traffic, but you know, they were being reasonably peaceful and cool to protesters. Now I can't speak for the cops who are working the night shift, uh, cause there's been some, you know, some scuffles, but like for the day guys, I was actually pretty impressed with how respectful they were. Yeah, Granted there was a hundred cameras on. And Saturday was just a different beast. Like, there's no doubt there was other people in that crowd. Because I think there's, I, I just want to tell people, like, I think there's a complete distinction between a Black Lives Matter march and then people that are just anarchist and want to destroy stuff to destroy it. You know? Yeah, apparently Bell Square got raided and, like, a couple stores there got cleaned out. For people who don't know, Bell Square is, like, a big, fancy mall near Seattle. Yeah, that was on Sunday, right? So I think, you know, like, no, nobody's condoning that stuff. But, yeah, the marches and everything, like, people are going to stay in the streets, man. You know, and, and every, you know, I will say this, I, I, I worry about what might happen next, but so far, like, I mean, Cobb, you know, we're in this neighborhood. Again, I'm on the ground floor and anybody's never been, well, most people probably listen to this and never been to my apartment, but uh, like nobody's touched private property, you know, like they, they might spray paint like a dumpster or like a, you know, sometimes they wrap the buildings when they're working on them, but like that wrap's going to come off. So like nothing's, you know. There's no private property that's been damaged. I did find it funny the other day when that MSNBC reporter got shot with like tear gas or whatever canister. Yeah, at Cal Anderson. Yeah. They're like, is that close to you? I was like, that is so close. 
Like, I play pub league there. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that's I was getting a lot of calls. People were worried that um, the windows at our business were going to get smashed out. So I was walking through downtown, and on 3rd Avenue, I would say 95% of the businesses are completely boarded up. If they weren't boarded up from COVID, they are now. And it's creepy, man. I mean, we're talking about blocks upon blocks upon blocks of boarded up uh, buildings. I mean, it looks like, you know, it looks like some of the photos I've seen from the Watts riots in terms of the businesses, not the, you know, the crowds and stuff. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I went to a convenience store. We had to open the door and it was, that had plywood on it. Dude, and you were saying you're worried about what's happening next. So that's what I'm interested in. What, what do you think's going to happen next, Ted? I don't know. Tomorrow will be the funeral. So we'll see how that goes. And then, you know, politically and like what the movement's trying to achieve, I don't know. What, what worries me is, uh, is like a full, what worries me is people getting shot. Because then I think at that point, your peaceful protests go out the window. People are going to lose their minds. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's interesting because the other three cops who are involved in the situation with George Floyd now have been charged with, I believe the technical charge is aiding and abetting a murder, but I'm not sure. It might have involved a, a hate crime. People would have to look it up. I, I looked it up before this now, I can't remember. But uh, so they've been charged. And then obviously the, charge for the main cop that was involved moved from a third degree uh to a second degree so you know they're definitely ramping up the pressure but it's going to be interesting i uh yeah i don't know ted what's what's your prediction which way does this thing go Mm, i don't have one right now i will say this though i think the the good of it is that people are having honest discussions you know i think i think for a lot of people and you know you guys might disagree we have friends between us who I've had conversations with who don't totally agree with me, but like there these some hard conversations to have. Like finally we can tell people like stop saying all lives matter. Because you're 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 essing on the real message there, you know? And also like there's been two Americas for a long time. And I know that's harsh for people to hear and they go, no, 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 like I'm fine with this and that. But there's been two Americas for a very long time. Now the rest of us are just finally seeing it. Yeah. Well, and dude, I'll say this, you know, um, in defense of the cops, it is a complex issue. They're thrown into a tough spot and it feels like right now they can do no right. You know, everything they do, the protesters are criticizing for one way or the other. So I do want to say that I don't think it's all on one side, you know, police departments across the country are doing what they can, but they also do have a job which is to preserve, you know, um, order and to protect as well as serve. And so, you know, obviously there's a ton of police officers who I have issues with and the use of power and abuse of power, like we saw in uh, Louisville, but there's also some really good guys out there. You know, I hate when people use the excuse just doing my job, but you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, yeah, like they're trying to, you know, they're trying to preserve the peace as much as they can. So it's not all bad on one side or the other. I'm not. Yeah. We also, they wouldn't be in that position if, you know what I mean? I mean, think about that. Like we're talking about, maybe a counterfeit 20 and you killed a dude. So that's well, what the yeah, protest is about. I, like I ain't talking about what the cops are doing right now. I think there's a lot of different ways these protests could go. I think number one, a lot of people could be arrested peacefully to prove your point. It goes through a lot of protests, but right. Like that stuff that happened in Minneapolis, right? Like they, they, that cop didn't give two thoughts about it because it was normal protocol. 
So that, yeah, I mean, that was like his thirteenth violation or something. Right. I mean, that's what people are pissed about, and like, and we'll move on and get to something funnier. But also, it's like people keep posting that picture of Dr. King going across the bridge in Selma. I'm like, this is a peaceful protest. Twenty minutes later, they're hit with fire hoses, dogs, batons, and never forget they assassinated Dr. King. <laughs> I mean, they killed yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, they were found guilty. So for people who aren't aware, they were found guilty in civil court, but not criminal court of an assassination and had to pay damages. So that's like pretty well uh, documented at this point that he was killed or technically assassinated because it was political yeah. means. So I'm just saying like, I don't know, at a certain point, like people are going to stay in the streets and go for a while. And I get what you're saying about cops right now. And I think there could be some more conversations between real leaders of Black Lives Matter as opposed to just some people that are in front of a line antagonizing people, but yeah, I don't know. Dude, the one thing I like is I like that this brings up the conversation of police budgets because police and firefighters vote as a block. And because of that, no politician is ever going to say, I want to defund or reduce funding for the police department. But the fact of the matter is from what I've read, these figures might be off a little bit, but what I've read, I want to say it was like 390 million a year is what Seattle spends on its police department and like 98 million is what they spend on schools or something like the ratio is right. I don't know about the actual numbers. Like it's a crazy difference. Granted, I just heard that from my friend right before I walked in here. So there's nothing behind that, but that's pretty wild. I think also just on a lighter kind of issue of it, like I'm sure all of us at some point in high school or college had parties, right? And like the cops come by, they generally give you a couple of warnings and they're like, Hey, I'm not coming by a third time. Right? right, so kind of piggyback on that. It's like, right, we have private prisons and this massive industrial complex about like quotas, and you have to arrest people. You have to do this. You have to do that. And it's like, you know, it's he should be a peace officer, man. It'd be nice if we could get back to that. It'd be nice if cops lived in the neighborhood they they patrol. You you know, I'd like to know the cops in my neighborhood. Even when I lived in Belltown, it was always met with aggression. I, I mean, I've told the story a thousand times. Where this cop like stops and he's like, "What's up?" And I'm like, on his bicycle, and I go. I'm just saying hi. Like, I live in the neighborhood. Like, what? Like, you know. So yeah, dude, a, it's such an aggressive default. Yeah. Like, their default is like, what's your fucking problem, man? Sorry, Matt. Can't believe that. It's all good. Look, I, I know plenty of people that are officers and firemen and this and that. Like, yeah, and I love labor unions, but you know, the police officer union is almost more like a lobbyist at this point. Yeah. And... Uh, I take issue with the militarization of the police, you know, like they're driving an MRAP downtown right now. They have a SWAT team vehicle. That's like an armored truck. And it's just like, what happened to the serve part of that? You know, what happened to helping the neighborhood you police? Yeah, man. And it's just natural. I don't care who you are. If you have stuff like that, like you're going to get fired up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you have a gear, if you have the gear, you want to use it. You know, yeah, right. I mean, like, look, everybody in here played sports or this or that, and like, you like to practice, but eventually you're gonna play in a game, right? That's the point, right? Sundays are the goddamn payoff, boys. We get to go hit yeah. the other team. <laughs> yeah, you get a new driver for Christmas. Like, you want to get out there and crank some balls, man. And I'm sure it's the same way with a sound cannon or a you know flash grenade. Yeah. With that said. I keep telling people, oh, I know what I have to tell you, though. So <laughs> this is a crazy story. 
So all this stuff happens on Saturday, right? So last Thursday, the cop, the police station, I always call them cop shops. I always just called them that, but right. So the, the police station in Minneapolis gets burned. So on the walk to work on Friday, you notice a lot of cops, right? And I've lived in a city, this city, especially long enough, I've been in many a May Day. So I'm like, yo, something's going to happen tonight. I told everybody else I work with, like, when we're done, get the F out of downtown. So Friday night, you know, I was doing my Zoom call, Positive Fridays. Matt, you were there for a while. So I just kind of wasn't paying attention. And then Saturday, man, I got up and I was going to go to the march, but I was just like, something doesn't feel right. So Mike that I work with was like, dude, I'll scoop you up. I'm in the neighborhood. We'll go hang out at my house and eat some barbecue. I was like, cool. Went to Stan's Barbecue. Shout out to Stan's, delicious food. Uh, over in Issaquah and a great butcher shop over there. Oh, God damn it. I got to look at the bag. But as I'm as Fisher meats, Fisher. Yeah. Awesome stuff. So we're sitting there at Mike's eating the barbecue and like people keep texting me. Are you okay? Cause we're not watching TV. We're watching something. We're watching slippery, fucking slippery stairs. <laughs> like, just having fun. And people keep texting me like, yo dude, is everything all right? Is at this point it's chaos downtown. They're burning cars, this and that. So I'm like, oh, burning police cruisers, burning police cruisers. Right. Like, Trust me, right? Like, that is not, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not down for all that stuff. So, eventually, I'm trying to play it cool, and I go, you know what, Mike? I think I'm going to call an Uber, try to get back to the city, right? Uh, so, the dude, so I'm wearing my schmock, right? I have it pulled up, and I have my rain jacket on. So, when the dude pulls up, I kind of take my thing down, and he's like, I like your scarf. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. And he's like, I would wear one, but I'm too brown. And I was like, oh. He's like, I'm from Iraq. I'm like, Right. So the whole time the conversations happen like this, we're B, like we're BSing. And then like 10 minutes into the ride, I go, Hey brother, just so you know, this might be a little hairy. Heard there's some things going on downtown. <laughs> the first alarm comes through. It's like five 30. Like there's a curfew at 5 PM. Well, it's five 30 and we're already on route 90. Right. So he's like, should I be worried? I'm like, nah, man, we got this. We're fine. We start BSing about MMA. I follow him on Instagram. <laughs> the goddamn second alarm comes through. Now he's getting kind of nervous, right? And I'm like, you know me, brother, it's fine. Kind of drunk, but we got this. Try to exit. No chance. Stay troopers. Flares. Like, you're not coming to the city. So we like pull off in Georgetown. He's like, I live on the east side. Maybe we just go back to the east side. I'm like, I can stay at my friends. I'm like, let's give it one effort, and then we'll see what happens. So we end up up over like Beacon Hill, kind of sneaking around the city. And then uh, finally, I'm like, we're like a mile and a half from my house. And I go, dude, just let me out here. It's fine. And he's like, brother, I'm from Iraq or Baghdad. I can deal with this. Dude, <laughs> Hell yeah. Let's dude, go. Yo, shout out to Mufasa. Best Uber driver ever. Awesome. <laughs> name. Dude got me back all the way to my house. Wow. <laughs> 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 wild dude that's so good dude you you got like you got just the guy you needed man he's like Shh, no problem bro i've seen it all let's ride <laughs> yeah i was just imagining like Five the movie stars. trailer the movie trailer for that like a kind of drunk dude that's been eating barbecue all day like a badass driver from my from the streets of baghdad an unlikely friendship on an epic quest like right got the music going 
Dude, honestly, it's like the, you know, Slumdog Millionaire, how he had like had all these life experiences that prepared him perfectly for that moment. It's exactly yeah. like that for the Uber driver. Like it would show all the flashbacks of like being a kid, like mobbing in like his first car, like pass, like exploding. He's just like, I got you, Ted Smith. You yeah, died with first, me. You die with me. And I'm telling you, man, by the time we got that second alert, we saw the cops closing off the highway. Like he was like, dude, we should go back to the east side. I was like, you got it. But then once we got into it, he's like, I got it. <laughs> yeah, I sent him. Hey, a, what's I, that movie, The Transporter? That's basically yeah. what he is, right? Yeah, I sent That's him a DM. I was like, because then by the time he dropped me off, like the highway was blocked. So I sent him some DMs and he's like, I made it home. Cracked a beer. Thanks for checking back in. I was like, no worries, brother. Like, thank you. <laughs> God damn. I love that, dude. That's such love an awesome it. story. Yeah. I, and trust me. I don't know. I'll admit it. Like, I won't lie. Like, by the time I got home, my heart was racing. I was like, holy cow. Went outside to, like, smoke a spliff. You can hear the concussion. Like, at that point, everything was downtown. I was like, that's crazy, crazy stuff going on. (laughs) Well, dude, respect to Mufasa for, like, putting not only himself on the line, but also his car. You know, like, that's his business right there. Yeah, and that's what he was worried about, too. And I was like, no, way, we're fine. But he, he hit me, like, three times, like, but I'm brown. And I was like, I, yeah, I know. But like, just get me close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyhow, Jesus. when we get back to Cage Fort MMA, I'm giving him a pair of tickets. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I got to give a uh, special dedication. Uh, my niece, Maddie, graduated today. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Nice, Maddie. Congrats. Congrats. A little round get of applause. It. 2020, baby. A little, uh, little disappointing. Absolutely no uh, ceremony and uh, just like a Zoom kind of graduation thing. But uh, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And then I was talking to my brother. We should be at an Irish pub right now in Northern Virginia getting drunk. But she is lucky. I think she's lucky in two ways. Number one, she played a fall sport, so she got her senior night. And then number two is uh, they do beach week, which is like the week the week after you graduate, you go to the beach for a week. There's no parents. So I used to do it in Ocean City. They're doing it in the Outer Banks that is still open. Oh. Yeah. So I just I, I was going to ask you guys about graduation or your senior year or like a beach week kind of story, like something you would reminisce about. Mike, oh, I mean, Matt, I feel like somehow this can get you in trouble. Well, you guys may or may not remember this. Uh, I also graduated in lockdown. But it, it was a lockdown facility that I got sent to with some uh, poor adolescent decision-making, uh, and I was in the woods of Montana. But, yeah, not a lot of fanfare around my graduation. <laughs> nice. Um, you're out here. Did you guys have, like, a beach week or something? Uh, we don't do a beach week, but, I mean – it, like literally your whole summer is just a party after that. I mean, I was working, but at night I was partying. But yeah, we do prom and we do like all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Like um, I was the vice president. So we did a lot of like ASP related stuff. And, like, you know, just general like celebrations. I don't know. Basically, like my friend and I threw a lot of the parties. We Here's 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 the deal, Ted. My friend, I don't want to say his real name, uh, but he's na- nicknamed The Bone, aka The Boneyard. Uh, his mom, when we were 16, made a tactical error. A huge mistake. She promised us that when either of us turned 18, she would buy us kegs. Now, what she didn't realize is 
her son was born in June, no problem. But your boy was born in January. So for the second half of our senior year, she would buy us kegs whenever we wanted. And uh, so we threw a bunch of like keg parties. She would go out of town. We'd have a cool kegger at her house, a lot of different themes and stuff. And so right around like the end of senior year, you know, we did an anything but clothes party that was pretty fire. So you just wear like, you know, whatever, anything except for clothes. You wear traffic cones, garbage bags, whatever. We did one that was a two-piece party that was pretty good. We get two pieces of clothing, including underwear, whatever two you want. You can wear sweatpants and a sweatshirt, but you only get two. And then another one was uh, an angel devil party. So that's the kind of stuff we were into. Man, I don't think that's going to make my brother Chris feel any better. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, your sweet little angel is about to be grown up. <laughs> Ted can't say it because he's family, but it's the truth, Chris. I love you like a brother, but I'm sorry. Yeah, so I guess that's the last time we're going to Dallas or Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, too, uh, so in Maryland, Beach Week is like a simple thing where, like, you rent a house at the beach for the week or, like, an apartment or a condo or whatever. But it's, like, the first time you get to go out, like, the parents aren't with you. Actually, now that I'm older, like, almost 40, it's kind of weird. It is just chaos. It's a bunch of teenagers in Ocean City. There's fights on the boardwalk. You're playing beer pong. But it's, like, a, it's like a rite of passage. You have to go through it. Somebody's going to puke. Okay. I remember... That was like one of the few times I smoked weed. I smoked, it was like the first time I smoked part of a blunt and just, I mean, it was just unbelievable. Like I couldn't even make it down the stairs. Like, right. Imagine I go up, which is weird. You guys know me as a weed smoker. Beast week, man. I walk up, like take two puffs. And by the time I'm walking down the stairs, like a little beach house spiral stair- staircase, I'm just like dying laughing. Like, <laughs> I can't go down these stairs. <laughs> Dang, and that's like that bunk East Coast weed, too. So just imagine if you had some of that West Coast stuff. Wow. Yeah, but same thing. I remember my senior year, we had a dope spot on one of the canals because our buddy's mom was like, yeah, I'll rent it for you. You guys won't destroy it. It's like, no, just smoke blunts on the roof. <laughs> Dude, that sounds so fun, man. A whole week with your friends just yeah, doing your thing. You know what? I guess we did do something kind of like that. We did a... We rented a house in Chelan, but it's not like a thing that happens in Washington. Just our little group of friends today. All right. Yeah, it's like a massive thing. Like, people come down from PA. Like, like you get some people from Virginia or West Virginia, and it's just like, yeah, it's like Beach Week. I'm pretty sure the city hates it. Dude, hit me with one, like, I don't know, one thing that stands out about Beach Week, if you got it. You ever heard of bus flips? No. What's that? So, all, so dollar a day. That's the way it used to be in Ocean City. You. You could ride the bus for a dollar. And it's just one main... Ocean City, Maryland, by the way, is not like a super fancy place. Coastal Highway runs up and down. It's like one main highway, right? And it's literally beachfront, giant highway, a lot of houses, and then the uh, something... What's it? S? I don't know. Something like Bay. So it's, it's literally one hurricane away from being gone forever. Okay, so like a little strip of land. Right. But just full of shit. Like houses, like crazy hotels, more miniature golf than you've ever seen in your freaking life. These sun safety stores where nothing's more than nine ninety nine. So everybody takes the you just get pissed drunk and you ride the bus all day going to do stuff. But they have these runner poles and people would grab up on them and do bus flips. <laughs> Dude, that sounds fun. Dude, it just sounds like chaos. A bunch of high schoolers unleashed. Like Panama City Beach was one thing, but at least they were in college. Like that's that's wild. First time out of the house. Yeah, I mean, like, 
And I, I want to say, and I'm sure my brother will correct me on this, but I want to say that was Beach Week one year where they had video of like his buddy Mark, who doesn't drink a ton, but we used to call him Mad Dog. Because he just got it. You know how it is when you're like 18, 19. You get into like a foul and a half of Mad Dog, you, you are off your ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. And for people who don't know, that's one of the five great American bum wines. It's a fortified wine. So instead of a wine, it's like a 22% wine, similar to like Night Train or Cisco. You can actually check it out on bumwines.com. Great site. All right. I'll tell one more beach <laughs> story. So one year I go up there, right? And we rented a condo that didn't have a room. It was just like a living room and had like a Murphy bed and like a fold-out couch and like a balcony. Studio? What's that? Studio. Yeah. Like exactly. studio scenario? So we How many of you there. are packed in that that's tuna can? So it's me, my buddy Nick Weaver, my sister – this guy, Matt Flick. So there's four of us. And then the last couple of days, my cousin, Timmy and Tommy, Tim and Tom now, they show up. So I don't know how Nick, my buddy, Nick Weaver is a big man, right? Like six something, like probably 300 pounds. He's a big man, heart of gold, the nicest dude on the planet. So we just treat him like shit for two days. Like Nick's driving us around. He keeps buying us subs at Subway and he keeps tipping the guy. And we, we turn in the guy's name is Lance. We have no idea the guy's name is Lance, but it's three Smiths, right? So we're just pepper and weave the whole time with these little comments, right? So finally, after two days, or like one time he, he was on the phone. He goes, yeah, I'm here with my cousins. And we were like, yo, psycho, you're not related to us. Like that kind of Smith ball busting, but just imagine this is constant, right? And you're driving. Yeah, constant, and three of you guys? Jesus. Right. So one day my cousin Tom, he's bought us subs again. And my cousin Tom is just like, like joking around. Like, I work all day and I got to come home to your attitude, Nick. Sorry, Matt, you're going to have to bleep a lot of this. And Nick just stands up and goes, I'm fucking tired of this shit. Like, I do everything I can for you guys. Like, right. And he's like screaming, right? But again, he is a much bigger man than we are. So me and Tim and Tom are just like, don't say a word. Like, just, right? My sister is like high on the couch, just dying laughing, right? So Nick gives his speech and he grabs a beer and he cracks it and he goes to storm off. But it's a studio. He's got nowhere to go. <laughs> so then he just sits in the chair and starts drinking it. <laughs> Got to plan your exit, man. With a great speech, you've got to plan your exit. Dude, we're giving your brother an anxiety attack right now. Yeah, he knows all those stories. I mean, he didn't know about these two-piece parties, Brev. I'm just imagining him being like, Maddie, Maddie, come here. Listen, they're giving you a shout-out. And then this all just unfolds. <laughs> I, should send him a, I should send him a text. Yeah, Play that up, part, your cousin you texted me today. Right then. Actually, in my defense, I've asked before, pretty sure he always listens uh, on when he's walking the dogs. And then if there's a part that the kids like Maddie or CJ would enjoy, he lets them listen to the part. <laughs> That's responsible and intelligent of him. Dude, the scary thing is my freaking mom now, she called me like a week ago. I was like, I'm listening to your podcast. And I was like, whoa, okay. Whoa. Like, whoa. First of all, how are you downloading podcasts? I'm shocked you can do that. Dude, that's what I was going to say. Is she's been getting more and more tech savvy, man. I respect it. When she friended me on Facebook, I was surprised. And then you were saying she was on uh, Zoom and like Instagram or something like that. And I was like, damn, all right. Hell yeah. Yeah, I told her. I was like, dude, we can do voice, uh, like, because I don't have an iPhone, so I can't do FaceTime. 
But I was like, wow, if you get an Instagram account real quick, I can just video phone you through the DMs. And then like a day later, she's like, all right, I got an account. Yeah, and for people who don't know, his mom is funny as hell. I would say maybe 2.3 times as funny as Ted, maybe three. She's, she's a killer, man. Fair window. Well, she's been on the cast. We'll let the emailers decide. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> Speaking of emails, Cobb, you want to read a couple? Yeah. I uh, was just pulling it up when we were – give me a second. Yeah, yeah. No worries. I used definitely to, got a couple. I used to, like, gauge a Facebook post based on how many likes it got, and now it's just, did Ted's mom like my Facebook post? Oh. It's, I, so, I it's doing, a success. I was doing an Instagram call with Taryn right before this, and I was like, uh, not to bring up names, but somebody who really enjoys baby pictures said <laughs> – <laughs> it's like my mom sitting home racing to throw a like on uh, on baby pictures. <laughs> uh, all right, boys, ready? Yeah, man. Uh, we got a bunch. We have some time today. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, hey, to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. My random advice, which I learned from a couple bad experiences selling weed, but it can be applied to anything. Basically, if you're ever buying something off of OfferUp or some other exchange of goods, and they back their car in so they're facing the street and exit, what have you, be on alert. Every time I was in that situation, they robbed me and took off like a bat out of hell. I've been jacked where the car was facing forward, and both times I just socked them and got my shit back. Uh, that's that's uh, facing the street thing. I hate to say it. But it's a good idea if you're robbing someone. You can get away much faster. Anyway, <laughs> stay safe, boys. Keep wearing those masks. Albino Matt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's why people do it. <laughs> and we don't call it facing the street. We call it backing in. <laughs> facing the street sounds... <laughs> yeah. Uh, gentlemen, I have two responses to Cobb's recent topic requesting life pro tips. Uh, first, if you want something to be true, assume that it isn't, then prove otherwise. Uh, it makes it really difficult to deceive yourself and leads to making better decisions. For example, I want to believe that I can make a huge bag of chips from Costco last couple, uh, last a couple weeks. So I assume that I'll eat the entire thing in under two days and instead buy a smaller bag from Trader Joe's. Now, when I inevitably, inevitably eat the whole bag over the course of a weekend, I still get to eat delicious chips, but wind up eating one third as much as if I'd gotten the Costco bag. Second, it's pretty much the only thing uh, anyone needs to know in life. Work hard, be kind, and fuck what anyone thinks about you. Sorry for the F8, Matt. That's As right. always, LARP on, and C-Town, what? Carson the lawyer. What up, Carson? Carson, you never have to apologize for an F8. It's always also, good to hear from you. Speaking of lawyers, I love our lawyer's advice. Dance like nobody's watching, email like it'll be read aloud in a deposition. <laughs> <laughs> to the greatest podcast in all the land all the land. all the land hey fellas it's been a while since i've emailed in but just want to start by saying thanks for continuing to provide great entertainment with the occasional pearl of questionable advice <laughs> 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 accurate uh last week you spoke about people reading a facebook post and then acting like they're experts in that subject matter uh in psychology this is called the dunning kruger effect Basically, it's a cognitive bias where someone with little ability or expertise in the field overestimates their actual knowledge and understanding of a subject 
and are very confident despite their lack of knowledge. As a person studies more, they realize how much they don't know, which helps them have the self-awareness to evaluate their own competence or incompetence. Eventually, with enough study, an individual can become both competent and more confident in their abilities. As an ER physician, I encounter this bias frequently, and it reminds me of how important it is to stay humble and willing to learn and change my own beliefs as new evidence is presented. You don't know what you don't know. Again, thanks for all you do. Hope you're all doing well and staying safe. Coming at you from the faraway state of Michigan, Gil. Oh, nice. What's up, Gil? Go blue. Dude, first of all, ER physician. Dope. Yeah. Kyle, random question. Have you noticed more small airplanes tonight? Yes, tons of airplanes. I can hear them right now outside my place and obviously the choppers. Yeah. All right. Just ask him. Yeah. I was like, hmm, that's a different one. You know, Gil, the only thing I would say to that is one quote that I really like is, um, as the island of your knowledge grows, so too does the shore of your ignorance. And it's similar in that you just don't know what you don't know. And as you learn a little bit more, you realize how big a field it is. Like a good example of that would be, you know, computer programming or like medicine, probably. You're like, oh, yeah, I kind of get it. And then you start to learn about biology and you're like, oh, wow, it is way more complex than I thought. So, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, so the advice I would give is, one, learn how to make a roux. It's really easy and there's a ton of different cooking you can do that starts there. So many people have no idea what it is when I'm trying to explain a recipe to them. Second, start saving for retirement as soon as you can. No one thinks about that till it's too late. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, roux. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've heard the term roux. I have no idea what one is. I have no idea either. I want to say it's flour, water, salt and pepper. No. Tyler, do you know? You can just say. Butter, milk, flour, and then salt and pepper. All right. What's it used for? It's used to wait, wait, thicken. Ted, guess. <laughs> well, roux, I think it's the base for like gumbo, a lot of like Creole kind of stuff, a lot of French cooking. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like the base for like a lot of sauces and things. Tyler, you're the expert now. It's used to, yeah, it's used to thicken things, um, gravies, mac and cheese. Like it's, yeah, it's used, it's used in a lot of things. So. The other one I like is the Holy Trinity. Celery, onion, celery, onion, garlic, or celery, onion, peppers. It's like it's a. It's this is why people hate us, Ted. This <laughs> is why people hate us. Hey, listen, I'm out here, man. <laughs> you know, I love the Holy Trinity. I remember two. <laughs> that third one gets a little, <laughs> a little slippery. Uh, so I have to agree with Ted uh, Smith cool on some of his sentiments about the whole home bar during quarantine. I don't remember if he mentioned it on the men's room or on the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. However, I'm finding that both happy hour and last call each last about three hours. I'm sorry. I don't recall the last cop topic, but if I did, I would probably say something like sledgehammer. Always a pleasure boys. I almost forgot. Where is Matt's podcast? Mike and Bremerton, AKA Shelby mountain. My new podcast? About, I assume that's what he says. Yeah, it's all it's everywhere. It's just just search gone viral. It's on Spotify, Google, Apple, um, all the other smaller ones, Stitcher, all that stuff. But yeah, just search gone viral and you should see 
uh, two knuckleheads out on a swing over Amsterdam. That's us. Howdy, guys. From the old guy stuck in Minneapolis. It was very cool to hear you read my email and listen to each of your thoughts about the three best performers you've seen live. Made my day. I have two pieces of advice for your listeners and you. Number one, chapstick. It's great stuff. Just ask Napoleon Dynamite. Advice, never apply chapstick on your way to getting a haircut. Hashtag hairy lips. Ooh. Whoa. Yeah, I feel like number, you can get there. Yeah. Uh, number two, keep a pen or pencil and notepad by your bed. If you're able, having trouble falling asleep because your brain just won't shut off, uh, pull up the pen and paper and write down what's on your mind. Get it, the thoughts, out of your head and on paper. Paper and pen is important. Don't use your cell phone to take a note. That could lead to looking at social media or other things that will prevent you from sleeping. In addition, writing makes you actually do something different than using your thumbs to text. Give it a shot. Stay safe, fellas. Nice. I like that. I've heard that advice before, never taken it, but it always sounds good. Wow. Ted just held up his pad in our Zoom call. Just flexing on us. Well, dude, once I got into the Zoom life, man, I got, I got notepads all over here. <laughs> I'm with you. Dude, and boom. Um, okay, last one, boys. First time emailer. My wife has a ton of these that she calls truisms. Number one piece of advice, never wait to buy a plunger until you need it. Love the show. Barp on. Kelly H. <laughs> oh, Kelly, that is a good call. I don't think Kelly knows our history. There's no way. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Like, she's what a fitting time. That... <laughs> yeah, she's dead serious. Yeah. You do? Yeah. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Kelly, if you don't know, we were hounding Matt because he was living life on the edge with no plunger for a good six months, and we I, figured it was probably going to blow up in his face. I still maintain if you have a bidet, your TP usage drops by enough of a margin. That's what causes most of the problems. Most of the problems, Most. or maybe you knock a top in there. Like, I don't know, Matt. I feel like you need a plunger still. I've got one now. Yeah. She doesn't. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? I don't want to hear your poopy pee tears when it's overflowing on the toilet. Don't come crying to me. All right. Want to see what's, uh, what's battening? Yeah. Cool. Um, well, let's see. This weekend, uh, I golfed twice, and then uh, once I went out to uh, Echo Falls again with my buddy John that I met through, because he was in the podcast and he used to work at Redmond Ridge, and I was talking about it, and he messaged me, and we go, we go whenever we can, and it's always a blast. Um, I just really love Echo Falls. It's a fun course. You get the island on the 18th hole um, to shoot at. It's super fun. Um, and then um, on Monday, I went golfing with my grandpa at this little uh, par three course down in Tacoma where he lives. There's like three par fours, I think, but they could be par threes easily. Um, but hmm. played really like an excuse for a high score on a par three. So. Ted, it's a nine-hole course. I shot an eight-over par. All right, all right. Yeah, a little bit better than a bogey a hole, which, like, for me, 
I'll take it. Um, bogey golf. Bogey golf, yeah. So I attribute a lot of that to uh, I got the putting mat, practice mat set up in the garage. It's got two holes. One of them is smaller, but they have they have lines on the um, on the thing, so you can practice just drawing it back straight and everything. And my putting just felt felt strong. Usually, it's a weak point in my game, so uh, it's really awesome to just see practice paying off. Like I don't know, I know that's what happens when I work out. You know what I mean? Or, or all these other, you, it can apply to any area of life where it's like, do the thing, keep practicing it, keep trying to get better, and then to go see yourself get better always feels really good. So, um, yeah, you know that was it, saying, right? Huh? You know the old saying? What's that? Drive for show, putt for dough. Dude, I was repeating that to myself the other night when I was practicing putting while I was high. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that. <laughs> it's just like every time I'm like lining up with a ball, like. Drive for show, putt for dough. Like, <laughs> this is one of my, like, I don't know, I'm just experimenting with a lot of things because I practice a lot. So it's like you can experiment with different, like, setups and mental talk and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, I, told, I told you guys before, yesterday was my mom's birthday. That's why this is a day late. So shout out to all the listeners. Uh, sorry it's a day late. Had a great birthday with my mom yesterday. Uh, Tyler here made an, a phenomenal cake. I'll have to send you guys pictures of it. Um, really a work of art. So my mom was super stoked on that. Um, and, you know, got her a picture of us. That that always – it's a safe bet. It's always like – I want to say it's always a home run. But, I mean, it and it kind of is. But, like, maybe you could say it's always a triple. But it's just like – Felt good, you know. Had a she said it was one of her best birthdays ever. We contributed to that. It felt great. Um, so you know, yeah, it's been been all right. And then you know, other than that, just the I've watched more news in the past week than I have in the last like seven years combined. And really, just like going through all of that um, with everybody, you know, um, it's just been a been a pretty intense week outside of those few bright spots that I just pointed out. So, you know, life's, life's a balancing act, but it's definitely been, you know, weighing on my heart, like after watching that video. Um, and so, you know, just really just, it's, it's tough to like formulate thoughts about it. You know, like there's, there's so much going on in my head all the time about it and just trying to, you know, um, take take deep breaths i reached out to a couple friends yesterday um you know and just kind of like wanted to hear different perspectives on it um and just trying to you know really listen that was one of the things actually uh one of the, i was talking to aaron yesterday our listeners would be familiar with him we've had him on a couple times in the past and he was hey, like the best thing you can do is like listen to people and like have real conversations um and that's what he's doing and so that's kind of kind of where I'm at about it. It's just like listen, communicate, and and you know do what I can. Dude, man, that's funny. That was literally my TED talk today on the MegaCast. Oh, really? Not going to be long. Just listen to other people and try to you know just try to fathom and listen with an open ear and fathom where they're coming from. Yeah, it's like we all do it, man. You can hear somebody tell you something, but it, you know, like I do it all the time. Your brain starts working. Well how does that relate to my life or my life could be like that. It's like, no, just we all need to just shut up a little bit and listen, which is funny coming from me. 
Yeah, I'm working on my active listening. I have a tendency to jump in and talk a lot. Oh, that's why those Friday night Zooms are great. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody on that Zoom would do that. <laughs> that those are right. a lot of fun. I appreciate your words there. You're absolutely correct. Thanks, dude. All right, well, I guess it's about that time. Cobb topic. Cobb topic. So in light of everything that's going on, I, you know, I feel like, um, well, so we've been doing this podcast for, what, like five or six years, Ted, something like that? Man. Five years? No, I think we're coming up on six. I think I remember getting a notification about the jet ski picture last year for five. It's Last summer, and now it's summer again. I mean, it's after Memorial Day. All right, so, you know, I, I feel like, um, okay, some things when you're young, um, they just don't really hit, or you're like, oh, that's a problem. Why don't we fix it? And uh, as you get older, I feel like you realize that some of those problems aren't meant to be fixed. And so um, the cop topic this week is what has become clear to you as you've gotten older. And so like to give you a quick example, you know, for me, like what became clear to me is that they don't want public schools to be the best in the world. They want, like there's a vested interest in keeping people uneducated and submissive. And that's been a painful truth to deal with that we sort of have a two tiered system in that respect. So anyway, um, good or bad, what's something that's become clear to you as you've gotten older? It can be about your personal life, about society at large, Email us, literally the word email at thepodcast.com. Curious to hear what you have to say. Uh, man. I don't know how this will go over, but when it Just comes say to, it. Just when say it comes it. to business and money, it's very hard to trust anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, they just... I don't know. People change when you get money involved and I get it. Everybody gets older. They get scared about what's theirs and what they're going to lose. And, you know, I can keep this or that, but it's, it's, it's very hard to trust people. I basically, what I would say is if you have an agreement, get it in paper. (laughs) That's real talk, Ted Smith. That's real talk. Even sometimes when you have it in paper, it won't help you out, but right. Which is people do get weird around money way weirder than you would think. Yeah. So in my personal life, I think people, I think there's a lot of different things that you could utilize as the avenue to accomplish this. But um, like before making big decisions, especially if I can tell that it's like emotionally charged and that like I have particularly like frustration or anger, just being upset tied into it is like, I shouldn't make that decision or talk to that person or do whatever. And like, I got to fucking work out before I do it. Like it just, it just like is, it's a way to reset for me. Um, And people do it with meditation and deep breaths or praying or talking to someone, whatever it is like, but putting some sort of like, okay, you know, and then you kind of check, like, when was the last time that I worked out? Like, if I'm feeling this way. Cardio. Huh? For me. Cardio for me. Cardio. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, there, like I said, I mean, there, there's, there's just certain things that kind of help us find our zen. And a, and a lot of times they do involve the mind-body connection. 
um, I've noticed, but kind of having something there as a little bit of a buffer before making emotionally charged decisions is something that's really like uh, showed up as super important for me uh, in adulthood and working out as my method of accomplishing that. Yeah, I'm definitely a go for a long walk guy. You know, whether it's like something yeah. bad, you know, like a death or, you know what I mean? Or same thing or getting fired up about something like, let's just go take a very long walk and <laughs> try to clear our mind, which also like is kind of my meditation time. I kind of just zone out when I'm doing stuff like walking. Yeah, I feel like it really helps you think when your body is active on something that you don't have to like focus on too much. Helps you kind of like process through emotions and decisions and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, that's the cop topic. What's something that's been clear, become clear to you as you've gotten older? And it could be, you know, one little last one for me is just uh, that you need to take care of your body. It's weird how those dividends start to stack up either against you or for you as you start to lose mobility. Like in the last year, I've lost so much of my mobility just from, you know, one, getting out of shape, not exercising, and two, not stretching. And it's crazy because before you could just do whatever and you'd feel good. And now, you know, as I hit like 33, I'm like, oh, wow, I can really feel this in the tightness of my muscles and body. So. Yeah, it's like when I first started working with Matt, I told him about being in London and like, it was like a decent size, like nothing crazy, but I was just like, I don't know that I could have jumped up on that thing and jumped that wall before, but like I could actually do it. Yeah. Dude, yeah. In the body, that's one of those things that you hear, but like some, some lessons uh, can be learned, but they can't be taught. And that's one of them for sure. It's like, you got to feel that in your body and be like, oh, wow, what people were saying was correct. You know, because people can tell you all the time, like, oh, take care of your body, take care of your body. And at a certain point, you're like, oh, damn. Yeah, that's real advice right there. Yeah, we call it physical autonomy, you know, um, being able to basically like get up off the ground or jump up and grab something and like, you know, like there's just different, there's little things in life that I hear stories like that all the time um, that are, you know, it's super encouraging when people do put in the work like you did, Ted, and then they're like, oh, dude, there's no way I would have been able to do this a year ago. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, if it wasn't for that kind of stuff, like, and taking care of my body, like, I probably would have never been the dunking machine that I am, you know, <laughs> 60 windmills, whatever it is, like, you need to dunk, fucking throw it up, mate. Give me that Elite tomahawk. athleticism. <laughs> All right, he's going to epate that. Uh, we're going to get out of here. By the way, I'm going to brag for a minute. This Wednesday, we got a mega cast of the podcast. Actually did the men's room as well, the actual day job. Did a half trilogy. Multimedia Ted. Look out for him 2020. <laughs> All right. For, for MCTP, for Cobb, I'm the Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers.